0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Millionaire Voices. Today, I'm so excited to speak with my friend, Sonny Ilias, the CEO and founder of Vale Food Co. He was an entrepreneur just like myself who went to Florida State University and built a multi-chain healthy fast food restaurant business. Today, me and Sonny talk about his principles, his journey to success, And his mindset that allowed him to reach this height and continue striving for greatness. Welcome to Millionaire Voices, the Business Motivation Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend and fellow Florida State graduate, Sonny Ilias, who is the founder of Vail Food Co. He's also the CEO. We're gonna to get to dive into his business strategies, his leadership qualities, his mindset, and his journey to success. This show is gonna inspire you guys to learn something from him, to really find out what you can do to start your business or to take your business to the next level. Sonny Ilias ended up opening over six locations of Vail Food Co. Vail Food Co. is a healthy fast food restaurant that I'm so curious to know what Sonny did to elevate himself and create this company that's even growing faster today during a pandemic. So without further ado, thank you so much, Sonny. I'm so excited to talk to you, man. It's been a while. <sighs> and welcome to Millionaire Voices.
1: Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to be a, a part of this and uh, getting this conversation going, telling
0: you all about Vail. Awesome, man. You know, real quick, uh, you know, if you can, for the audience, re- really tell us, you know, what do you do? What are you up to? What's the company about? And, and yeah, so um, I'll give you a little rundown on, you know, on
1: Vale. So Vail is a healthy, fast, casual, you know, restaurant chain with locations all over Florida. We have locations in Tallahassee, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Tampa, and Fort Lauderdale. But initially we started as a healthy meal plan delivery business. And that was, you know, back when I was, you know, at Florida State, I was 21 years old and, you know, started my first meal plan business and grew it uh, you know, pretty much bootstrapped, you know, approach to, mm. you know, for a number of years, you know, growing, uh, growing our subscribers. And then in 2016 was able to pivot into the restaurant model. Mm. And, and is that's how we currently, you know, operate our businesses today. Uh, and yeah, this has been a, you know, a incredible, you know, challenging year, but I can't wait to, you know, tell you all the, you know, great pivots we've kind of made along the way. That's <laughs> amazing, man. And it's, uh,
0: you know, it's for me, someone who's seen you and graduated from Florida State University and watching you become an entrepreneur and as I was becoming one, you know, let, let's take it back a little bit before we tell the audience, you know, where you're at today and, and how you're running this high performance company. But, you know, for entrepreneurs out there, I'm really curious about like what what inspired you to, to take this type of route and, you know, what gave you that light bulb to go off? To me, you know, I took
1: an unorthodox approach, you know, to business. You know, I didn't go to Florida State for business. I went there for pre-med. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was always more passionate about nutrition and health. And um, I realized that, you know, towards the later years in college. And then I saw there was this huge void, especially in Tallahassee at that time where there were no healthy food options around and I'm working going to school you know uh you know working out trying to live that life and balancing everything and I had there was no healthy food options around us so it kind of stemmed from frustration of realizing that hey there's not that many options where I can just go get a quick meal you know that's healthy delicious but still affordable convenient having variety mm-hmm. and for me I was like you know what someone's got to solve this and you know at that time you know a restaurant was nowhere in my mind as like being a viable option because I knew it was just too capital intensive, Mm -hmm. even with the finite amount of knowledge I had being 21 21 years old. But I saw this meal planning world kind of, you know, happening. I was like, you know what? I think I can do this better than them. And -hmm. it was kind of that like, you know, kind of that, uh, overconfidence, you know, that you could say to really just like say, you know what? I think I can do this better than what was existing current in the, currently in the market. And, you know, when you're just, when you're young, you know, they say, you know, Hey, you're young and dumb, but you know, I was just young and hungry, literally hungry mm-hmm. for some healthy food.
0: <laughs> so, so you didn't really like weigh too much of the options. You just really believed if you saw a competitor nearby, you could do it better. So you almost just hopped right into it. Yeah. I just hopped right in. I didn't know
1: much about business and it was a crazy kind of like puzzle. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like when you don't know anything about business, it's crazy. You're like, literally figuring out legality you're figuring out operations hiring all these things exactly profitability finance all these things and it's like for me coming from a pre-med background it was like oh my god i'm like connecting the dots how does all of this work this framework you know all work how can i get it under control but i was so passionate about solving the problem i knew you know if i commit myself and i run at anything at 100 miles per hour i'll figure out all those areas you know that's not a problem and That's essentially what happened. You know, I just, when you're just running,
0: running, running, you're solving, you're, you're solving problems along the way. So you're saying you ended up starting that delivery service company and then you just started going full speed. How long did you do that for in Tallahassee? So I did that from, um,
1: 2012 to 2015. And then in
0: 2016 is when I pivoted into the restaurant space. You know, so three years of grinding it out. <laughs> and that's actually, you know, leads me to before we get to that, because I want to talk about where you're at today, and what you did to build. But, you know, for other entrepreneurs out there, what were those beginning? Cha- Do you have any specific beginning challenges uh, that you you know, wanted to kind of discuss where you were growing it from those years and you were starting the delivery? Series, you were seeing the obstacles, you were seeing the, the growth, but anything specific come to mind? I mean, honestly, it's just when
1: you're trying to take something that's an idea in your brain and you're bringing it to reality and you do not have the experience, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some sacrifices you have to, you know, kind of make and take, you know, throughout uh, the way. And, you know, for me, you know, I was working, you know, 5 a.m. to midnight for, you know, pretty much close to a year straight, you know, so like everything else, you know, there was no – free time for other areas of my life. I had to get go all in to really learn the fundamentals of business, but there was a ton of missteps along the way. Probably the toughest part was when you, when you're a startup, especially a food startup, you know, you know, in anything that's a restaurant or just food related that it's not very bankable. So like I had to really understand finance better to become bankable to understanding, okay. Um, how am I going to, you know, raise certain, ca- you know, capital to make sure this business has what it needs to succeed, you know, and not be so hand to mouth as far as a startup, you know, kind of approach.
0: So you got to get, you know, very resourceful and and almost like a bob and weave mentality, where it's like, hey, listen, I just got to figure this out because this is arising as exactly. I'm growing and. So I mean, so what'd you do for the capital mentality when when you were just building? What was your idea so, for that?
1: We were unable to secure capital, you know, okay. straight up. So I mean, it was almost like you know impossible, you know, mm-hmm. for me to find you know legit capital, you know, and uh, banking. You know, I was able to finally, you know, after months of growing the business and showing strong enough sales be able to secure, you know, a small, you know, term loan for an equipment, you know, equipment loan and and a a credit line Mm -hmm. and then built upon that. But it was really like one step at a time, kind of taking the mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to generate it. I'm just going to run that sales, you know, so hard that I don't need a bank, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's exactly what our approach was. If we just, you know, can sell as many meal plans as possible, we'll grow this business into, you know, essentially- Uh, having enough uh, resources to continue the growth and reinvesting back into it
0: did you have like mentors when you were on this journey yet
1: you know i am
0: consulting with people i i
1: would say there's a i learned a lot about mentorship you know early on and i met some great people in tallahassee Mm -hmm. who for sure helped me out tremendously and i met with a ton of you know business uh individuals in tallahassee and uh, i got some great you know guidance and advice but Um, most of it was, you know, reading books, you know, tons of books. And really, you know, to this day, I'm big fan of, you know, you know, reading books and digesting as much, you know, knowledge as possible, because it can really, even if you take a one little nugget of information away from it, it's a win. That's all managed, You know, yeah. so, but for me in the early days, I got a lot of advice that was still kind of in that same notion of too cautious, you know, almost too cautionary, where they didn't understand the vision of where I was going. You know, a lot of people, when I told them I was taking this Five hundred person subscription meal plan business and pivoting into restaurants. They said you're crazy. Just stay in the meal plan space. Why are you going into restaurants? I'm like you don't understand my vision. And they're they don't you know. So I would say when you meet with mentors and you know advisors and stuff, still stick you know true to who you are, what your vision is, and don't really bend on that. You can move it a little bit, but you know what your vision for your business is. And you know everyone will have opinions along the way, but. You know, if you have a meeting with somebody and you're t- and you're, uh, you know, kind of seeing, you know, that hey, they don't really understand it, that's okay. Just take what you can from it, and you know, stay true to what you really believe in. You know, for your vision.
0: That's so powerful, man. And I really want you guys to hear that because I'm an entrepreneur myself, and how to have that mentality was you got to stay true to your vision because it's just something that sometimes advice or anything can't tell you it's just something that you see so that's actually where i want to lead to Sonny, and it's it's gonna kind of speed up now where we yeah. want, i want to get really rocking with you and knowing like what was that pivot man how'd you start to grow and expand those years let's fast forward now you made that decision you're going into the restaurant business now i hear the advice is i see the lane i'm taking it yeah. what, what was your
1: move so for me i mean Pivoting into the restaurant space was a necessity, you know, know, primarily because we were operating and subleasing kitchen space for our meal plan division. And that there wasn't a, it was almost a lack of permanence in our locations because at any point, you know, those landlords could lease that space out to a tenant, you know, taking it and then we're out of a space. And that was... Just too much vulnerability in my operation. How am I going to grow a business long term if my spaces are constantly, if I'm not able to secure a stable space? So for me, the restaurant you know, really came out of an innovation point as, you know what, if we can operate our meal plan division utilizing this restaurant infrastructure and give the restaurant concept a shot, it was a very low risk in my mind. Because we have already had such strong existing revenues. It's like starting a restaurant with an existing revenue stream.
0: So, so this is your strategic... Mentality, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: Strategic pivot to where you know you have to be. You know, I was optimistic. I was optimistic, and you know, I didn't know finance as granularly as I know it now. But I did some basic, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, formulas: how many meals a day I have to sell to be able to get that to a break-even point, point, (laughs) and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I I really was fascinated with the idea of having you know two, you know, two dual, you know, primary revenue streams operating in one space and getting the most utilization out of it. But you know that pivot was a necessity, and then it really kind of transformed into being the focus because it, it uh as soon as we opened that first location, we realized, wow, we're on to something big. This is a huge problem that you know we're solving because people were you know slamming through our doors and excited that we were open, and they we had you know fresh food available
0: <laughs> so it was the the concept became the meals that were made delivered were now in a fast food chain type environment yeah so i mean the the
1: concept is really you know i always explain it as imagine if whole foods and chipotle had a baby you know you go down a line you you know you build a bowl and it's got bases veggies proteins you Mm -hmm. know in there and you get to pick what you want and it's in and out you know a lot of people love that convenience of you know chipotle but they you know but we have that superior quality you know as far as the ingredients that we're presenting which a lot of people you know showed that you know they wanted
0: yeah and i feel like I don't want to neglect this because I do want to talk about the five pillars of business with you as yeah. for the uh, the sales and marketing legal finance operations but product and service is very important. Yeah. Quality definitely matters, you know, serving people first everything follows. Talk to me a little bit about that like before you started to when you launched the first location, what did you do to find that product that that vision to life? So for us with like finding out,
1: I mean, we knew who are like our target demographics were in Tallahassee. We were targeting the college clientele. We knew what was, you know, the current options available. We looked at our meal plan business and looked at what what were the most popular meals and items on there. And so we kind of, you know, reverse engineered our meal plans and picked out what were the most popular items for us to kind of create the baseline menu. And then we did a lot of work as far as uh, using like, you know, doing like um, test kitchens and really recipe development a ton to really figure out, okay, do all these items pair well together. And even to this day, you know there's 7 to 8 you know different you know factors that we have to think about before we can even put a menu item on the menu so mm-hmm. you know it's uh and what do you mean by that so that's like you know for us now you know where we're at in 2021 it's you know the food costs that you know of that item the labor costs you know how does it hold up on our hot food line how does it taste with the other options on the line what is the health benefits of that product you know so uh and then, uh, operationally, how easy is it for our team to be able to you know make it and there's all these different you know um you know variables that you have to think about before we can even put something on the menu. Wow,
0: no, it's like product development you're yeah. you're cre- you're checking off the checklist before exactly. you could put the product on the line due to business and core values exactly so that's awesome man so all right, it's 2016 now. Yep. You launched the first store. You're starting to see massive success. Yep. And, you know, where are you at in the business now?
1: So, 2016, uh, you know, we had the first store, you know, open and running. It's off to a hot start. You know, we ended that year, uh, I think, in 2015, we did uh, half a million in sales. In 2016, we ended at 1.3. So, oh, wow. it was okay. a huge so, oh, growth. You know, it growth. was 100% mm-hmm. growth. And with that, you know, the restaurant was off to such a hot start. um, It also creates, you know, this, you know, false ego confidence of like, you know what, we can, you know, we need to be popping these things everywhere. You know, this thing is clearly a huge hit. So for me, you know, I'm in the mindset of, you know what, I think the brand is ready to go into a new market. And I was like, you know, ready to jump into another market and really grow the brand. I found an opportunity in Gainesville Mm -hmm. and it was a second generation restaurant space. And I said, you know what? I, you know, we're gonna open another location in 2017. So, like, literally nine months after the first store ever opened.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it.
1: I I was extremely hands on with the build out, the construction, mm-hmm. the management of of everything. And we, it, I mean, we opened our Gainesville store in total of 60 days from lease execution to opening. So we, it was a, a just insane amount of time That's while incredible. running the other store and still juggling everything. And it was a disaster. <laughs> and, and I say that mostly, I mean, not to the customers then, but mostly on an internal aspect because things don't scale that easily. And even I even just <laughs> going to stop you there on that. Even if it's two hours away, mm-hmm. scaling two hours away will teach you a lot. You know, and it, what it really did teach me is that our systems and processes were not buttoned up for scale. You know, and it was nowhere close to that. and It was a really an eye opener for myself mm-hmm. in understanding, you know, where we were at as a brand and how much more we really needed as a company infrastructurally to be succeeding every day. Because in restaurants, you have to win every day. The food has to be good every single day or else your customers are gone. It's very cutthroat. <laughs> you guys hear that? <laughs> Plain
0: and simple. Exactly. Wow. And that's through real life results. Yes. Yeah. Wow, I mean, you said a lot there a lot that you really could catch a lot of nuggets you know you were you were dropping those bombs because it comes down to the fact of you were scaling, but your systems and processes sounds like weren't perfectly in place, and there's no such thing as perfect, but they weren't dialed in, so that when you were trying to expand, it caused a lot of you know friction friction and yeah. and not smoothness correct and what did that do affect sales? It it wasn't as much. It wasn't was as on. much of a effect to sales as if um, it was just
1: more so like our uh, our strategy was just not as sound, mm-hmm. and what it was doing was creating an environment where our team was just uh, overworked almost because mm-hmm. our systems weren't there to support them. Mm-hmm. You know, so where like when you have a new store opening, you have a honeymoon phase where you're getting a lot of people coming through your doors, you know, more than ever trying out the new place in town. And for us, we didn't have, you know, we didn't deploy the right strategy right out of the gate for us to be successful. So a lot of our team members, you know, had to pick up a lot of slack to be able to make sure that we could still put out a great product. But in that process of, you know, overworking my team, I learned that's just a horrible way to kind of go about opening a store. So we have made a lot of pivots along the way to make sure our new store opening process is Way more buttoned up and equipped and, with
0: better approaches. And would you say about that, besides just rushing into it, what was it exactly that was off? Was it was it specifically, you know, a department that wasn't? Or was it your a capital? What was it? An amount of people? Was there a specific um, that threw it off? I would say it was a combination of uh
1: human capital, you know, being the fact like whenever you open a new place. You know, all your employees have a maximum of two weeks of training, you know, knowledge mm-hmm. of two weeks of education mm-hmm. of your brand. So we didn't have enough corporate support of individuals who could really help that mm-hmm. store with, you know, having senior advice, given the first store was only nine months old. Cool. So True. so we um, were kind of running into this, you know, wall of us just being a very, very young brand and things happening a little too fast. Mm-hmm. As far as capital wise too, yeah, we had constraints there to where we had to open in sixty days. We had to get into a world of rev- revenue generation to offset costs. And to and certain things were kind of rushed along the way. Like mm-hmm. even our dining table, full, you know, layout plan was a disaster. You know, because we just thought the same model of what worked in Tallahassee would work with that space mm-hmm. there, and it just did not. And we you know we learned, we changed, and we corrected it. But, you know, those are all, you know, little headaches that are adding up during a time that's already stressful that, uh, you know, if you can avoid from the go, it can make things go a lot
0: smoother. That's so cool, man. Uh, it, it's true. I mean, it takes a lot of learning sometimes, but if you can apply some people that you really get good advice from, it does, it would save you some time. Oh, absolutely. But that, so let's, um let's start heating up, man, and and talking about business now. Yep. Uh I like, you know, let everybody know where you're at, how many locations, and let's start talking about you as a CEO right now, running an organization that's very big and and how you go about that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what was the next, you know, fast forward a couple of years, where we're at today looking like? So
1: um to get to kind of this point from 2017, um, a lot of it was still that like hyper growth mentality, but we did add, you know, certain infrastructural moves, you know, to the company to make sure that our systems could scale. Mm-hmm. So every store we opened, it got better, faster, stronger. And it was smoother throughout that awesome. process awesome. because, you know, as a company, I've always kind of, you know, invoked this, uh, uh, idea of, you know, we're constantly innovating, you know, we're constantly innovating as a company and, you know we're always looking for the cracks in our systems or our product, and we're trying to make mm-hmm. it better and better. Not only for us uh, as a company internally, but for our customers as well. And you know, 2020 was uh, such a you know disaster you know disaster of a year, but also a prime opportunity for us to really analyze where you know where we are as a company because we went from store one to store six in three years. So. <sighs> It was, and that's scaling across the state of Florida. So, learning all these different markets, going through all these things, and 2020 was kind of like this first time for us to get recalibrated as a company and really analyzing all those divisions, like you know, you're saying from sales, marketing, operations, you know, legal, and like where, you know, what does the future growth kind of look for us? You know, Mm -hmm. it was uh it definitely impacted you know our sales aggressively you know the restaurant industry and retail was you know decimated you know especially in the months of you know april and may and you know in that time you know of having to lead the organization um you know the you know my mentality was always you know one day at a time you know how can we get a win out of this day how can we create a win how can i get one thing done that's going to just move us closer to be better and you know i looked at it as like you know what in this crisis, I need to be, you know, I need to be giving my my team everything they need to succeed and lead them, you know, uh, you know, I guess, you know, on a path of stability and success versus what a lot of other, you know, companies were doing, where they were just letting go of people, you know. And for me, I didn't let go of anybody or reduce any pays in a pandemic, you know, on wow. any of our management team. Wow and for me i'm extremely proud of that because i'm
0: very proud of you for (laughs) that That, (laughs) it was tough that's, that's badass
1: it was tough but you know i said you know what you are going to be working harder longer and you know we did adjust our labor structures and our costs and you know everything from expenses were evaluated and you know we had to get really tight you know for a few months and then things got better and things you know kept on getting better and better and you know every uh every week of this year you know me and my team we get on a you know we get on a call and we talk through the state of the business where we're at where's the financials and you know it was almost like this hyper communication allowed us as a company to really really move the needle and actually make a year that was really set out to destroy us actually successful
0: has some more powerful stuff you're saying. I'm so excited for people to hear this stuff because you're really hearing from a real CEO what it's like to run a real company with millions of dollars in revenue. So, you know, Sonny, I want to ask you now what you just said. We'll lead on that is, I'm curious, when you said about the meetings, how you run in the organization? You have, you know, many locations. How you run in this organization as a CEO right now? So it was also extremely extremely tough because in 2019
1: we made the decision to change our corporate uh you know office space so you know being in Tallahassee to down here in South Florida mm-hmm. and then 2020 was really going to be the time where we um got everything up and running down here mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened so we had to put a huge pause on that so i went from having an exec team in 2019 of having a VP of operations, you know, uh, director of, you know, HR and admin, marketing, and all these other roles to not having all of those people, you know, present because, you know, we decided to move our corporate, you know, down here. So we had, uh, it was kind of, it left me with wearing more hats than I was used to wearing in, 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 you know, since almost 2016, you know, times. And it it was an extremely, you know, tough, you know, kind of process for us as a company. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. so are you saying that you ended up they weren't working in those positions anymore when you migrated down here? Yeah, they didn't want to relocate. So okay. in twenty nineteen, they didn't you know, want to keep it mobile. No, we wanted to keep everything,
1: you know. For me, I want to protect mm-hmm. the culture of, you know, how I lead and the management team and making sure that mm-hmm. I can keep my people, you know, close to me. Okay. So we wanted to, you know, that was just a decision that I made that I felt
0: like was best, you know, for the company's future. That's interesting. And You know, we can definitely go on many different topics and I'm curious about so many from you. I mean, what is your style leading? Like, how are you when you said how you communicate in your culture? What do you mean by that? How what works for you? I mean, my management style, you know, has changed,
1: you know, throughout the years. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was first, you know, starting out, you know, in the college market, you know, Mm -hmm. being a younger CEO, you know, I would hire managers who had potential. You know, right? Like you see this young and you know, you know, young and hungry, you know, individual and you can develop them, you can invest and Mm -hmm. you can train and you can get them where they need to be. And throughout the years, it's more so developed into where, okay, I want people with potential, but I need people with credentials. And that's something that people don't really understand when you're hiring in recruitment wise. Like, you know, potential is is something that is uh, you know has to be a prerequisite when you're recruiting. But credentials is the experience ability to be able to execute at a higher level.
0: That's powerful, man. And you know i I would have to say that has to do with maybe per position, yeah, but and and where you are at as a company. but, like you said, it's vital to many positions to have that credential yeah. because it it'll speed up time of of actually learning of what needs to be done in something that just takes time to learn, so I really wanted to get into you running the business and how you're looking at it as a CEO mentality where it's a business. It has to be profitable. You have six locations now, Sonny, and you're overseeing the whole business numbers every single day. How how are you going about that as for your strategy? So for, I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, checks and
1: balances, you Mm -hmm. know, whenever you're running, uh, I mean, restaurants are just so, you know, dynamic. There's so many, you know, parts of the business, especially in hospitality, where you can be, bleeding money from places where you just have no clue. And if you don't keep your eye on your financials, like you're just completely out of touch with, you know, really where your business is at. So checks and balances is super important for us, you know, in hospitality and food, because um, we want to make sure all of our, you know, our general managers at all of our locations are running a good business, you know, every single, you know, not only every day, but every week and every, every month, Mm -hmm. if you wait to evaluate them on a monthly basis, they could have you know, misspent your money, you know, and we give, you know, certain, you know, uh, uh, control abilities where they can order food, order, you know, deploy labor, you know, uh, you know scheduling structures for their locations based off their revenue. But we uh, have a weekly call where we go through the financial performance of the previous week mm-hmm. and we look at, you know, obviously you know, all the revenue breakdowns, you know, from our in-store sales to catering to uh, our uber eats you know sales to all those factors then we go into our packaging costs our labor costs and our food costs and pretty much it's like a snapshot of a pnl right of all the key areas that they are really in control of right because they can they don't have control of the internet expense or rent or those things those are fixed so i give them like this snapshot pnl and we evaluate our teams on a weekly basis we create goals for them and for me i'm very big on you know in uh incentivizing you know our team members you know for to keep them pushing towards you know what's going to be a win-win for not only them but also a win for the company you know so for me that's huge uh <clears throat> that's huge for us for you know being able to make sure that we are running our businesses tight year round
0: that's interesting sonny and uh, talking about that a little bit more into the detail of, of your conversations with them, you're looking at the numbers, you're setting goals. Are you looking at past records to set the goal or are you looking at where the market's at for, I for mean, the p and For where we're at in 2020,
1: it's definitely had to be a, a huge adjustment. I can't hold those guys to 2019 numbers. Mm-hmm. However, we do look at it to kind of see, hey, have we returned to 2020, uh, 2019 uh, revenue levels? Have we returned, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, where are we, you know, uh, how far are we from that? And then, you know, are we doing better than that? So uh, we definitely look into the past, but we don't hold that, you know, given the current environment, we don't hold that as like the, the must, must uh, hit metric in order for, to be succeeding. We look at almost like right now, just like I said before, and when the pandemic first hit, it was one day at a time mm-hmm. now it's really okay we need to get better every week so mm-hmm. our sales are you know our company needs to be on upward trend so how can we be growing as the as you know all the vaccinations and everything progresses we want you know we hope that consumer confidence progresses to where our sales will progress so mm-hmm. we're constantly in this kind of mindset you know in our company where we need to be getting better every week
0: That's awesome. My uh, mentor of mine, Brian Donovan, uh, worked with uh, Gerard Adams, whatnot, always told me this quote recently that that I really liked. And I want to touch on this with you is strategize, systemize, scale. And the reason I'm asking you that or saying that acronym to you is because I want to know two things right now from the company. One, like you said, sales what are the sales, meaning not the numbers, but what are the possible streams of revenue that you're yeah. producing? And the other thing I'm curious about is how you systemize it all, meaning where the software is working, how you see in the p how do you make sure that, sops are in place that we spoke about before that you didn't do with your second location in gainesville that now gets you guys to be so strong so you know why don't you tell us a little bit about like how you're analyzing your revenue streams and then how you're systemizing your business absolutely so
1: i mean systems are super important you know to me I think that you know strong systems structure weak minds, and when I say weak minds, I don't mean it in a, in a belittling way, but I mean it in terms of like you know minds wander; they're naturally you know creative, and they, you know people want you know want to think freely. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that goes for the majority of you know most people. So in our environment where we have tons of part timers also working, we want to you know make sure our systems are strong enough to you know structure them into doing what we need them to do day in and day out. If you have cracks in your systems they're going to be able to think freely and do and deviate from what may be the best, uh, goals for the company. So for us, we invested in, you know, certain, um, you know, softwares where, you know, we use a jolt software that's more of a uh, checklist, you know, kind of software, but we also have company resources and guides and training and everything all in this one iPad, right. That can kind of create an onboarding process, uh, that is more streamlined and just create that one, Uh, almost like a one-stop shop for employee employee, uh, resources and onboarding and everything. And that's been a huge help for us. And then also, you know, kind of thinking more, you know, uh, deeper on it is I looked at our systems and processes and looked at our training guides and manuals and all these things. And, And, you know, it's kind of, you know, fools, it's kind of like, you know, being a fool thinking that, Every single employee is going to read through all that stuff and learn and retain everything within 30 days of being with you. So I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I learn from reading. I also learn from watching. Mm -hmm. I also learn from listening, Mm -hmm. you know, three different ways of absorbing information. So, you know, just like what we're doing here, you know, and I realized, yeah, and I realized, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take our entire training guides and create training guide videos. And I created, uh, you know, we hired a videographer, photographer to have Mm -hmm. in-house to, you know, work on just marketing, but also, you know, work on internal uh, training videos. So that way, at all six locations, our employees understand my expectations for how, you know, we train, develop, and also just do things. You know, even something like reading a recipe sometimes can go wrong. But when you watch it, sometimes it brings another level of clarity to where you can't really mess up. You know, it's harder to mess up. So we've done that for our recipes. We've done that for, you know, how we want our customers to be greeted, how all these little steps, our own company expectations so that, you know, hey, I may not be able to be in Jacksonville every day, but the new hire there is meeting me in a video.
0: Wow. Wow. (laughs) I love it, man, because you're really using, you know, the modern world that we're living in. You're you're understanding that you can't be everywhere. You want to do everything. You want to have the big hundred, you know, people in one room company meeting once a month, but you gotta be adaptive. You have to be adaptive. And and
1: it's just, you know, something that establishing that culture, you know, is so hard as you scale. You know and for me I really wanted to make sure our team really understands you know the core values of the company and you know what we expect out of them.
0: So what do you do for that? Do you have company speeches that you're doing to be to be that voice? How, how are you communicating to the How does the company know the CEO right now? How do, how do they know them? I would say
1: you know right now we definitely still have a chain of command system where most mm. of it is you know I communicate you know, through our general managers at all of our locations and that, uh, communication and they
0: met
1: and they are able to, you know, distribute that messaging. However, these new training videos allows me to have that more intimate one-on-one kind of connection with each employee. You know, they see me, they know me, they know my expectations, you know, when I
0: am going and seeing the stores. Interesting, man. It's, uh, it's cool how you're really running it right now. So what's your vision, man? Like, where are you at?
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's exciting. I have, I mean, I'm, you know, like you I have a, a never-ending, like, volcano of ideas <laughs> that is just erupting yes, at all sir. times, you yes, know, sir. like, and it's, it's always going and exciting. And for Veil, you know, I named it Veil because, you know, Veil uh, is an old English word that meant like earth or earthly life uh so we adapted it to mean like you know to live an earthy life so like that's our approach to sustainability utilizing you know biodegradable containers all of our food comes from like the like earth our design that. of our restaurants are earth toned um but you know now you know um our vision is to be you know quote unquote more so like a one stop shop for healthy food you know and it could be like you know the Amazon of healthy food whatever you want to call it you know but we want to be where whether you want an açaí bowl a poke bowl a hot food bowl a salad Uh, avocado toast, smoothie shake, juice. We have everything in one place so that why do you have to go to these other shops? You can just come to Vail. And we have, and we have those products. So I'm always innovating to, you know, try to find more ways we can provide value to our customers, you know, and that's something I really, you know, aspire a lot of Jeff Bezos. He's so dedicated, you know, to committing to the customer Customer. and Mm -hmm. constantly making the product service better and better and better. And that's something I'm super passionate about is whenever customers come to to avail, they can always know that that money is being reinvested to make the product better and better and better. You know, for
0: Wow, that. you guys hear that right there. You know, if you get a chance, if you're in Florida, definitely come check out Vale, Tallahassee, Gainesville, Fort Lauderdale. But you know, Sonny, that that's powerful, man. From a leader, I hear it in your voice, the passion. You know, my question for you, when we're talking about the product sales now, and you're looking at it, I guess I have two curiosities right now. One, like I said, what are your revenue streams? Meaning, where are your revenue is coming from—foods to your beverages to your third-party apps to your catering service so what's going on with your revenue so we i mean for sure our revenues uh, our revenue streams
1: primarily are our in-store you know dine-in and takeout business we have catering you know where we go to corporations we set up lunches and you know dinners and stuff mm-hmm. uh we do a lot in the medical space where a lot of you know doctor offices hospitals they love using our food because it's healthy a lot of doctors are eating healthy and they normally promote health so they love getting our food catered mm. in uh we also have every third-party app you know for uh, uber eats Postmates, doordash all those you know players and you know, pri- and we have some other you know exploratory you know uh, revenue streams that haven't you know fully started yet, but uh, also you know breaking into you know veil food service where we do privatized food contracts you know and such for large corporations and organizations.
0: Talk to me about those third party apps. What's going on with the Uber <laughs> Eats? I want to know what's going on with the, the DoorDash. Are are you profitable from that? So it
1: takes it, it, You have to fight. You know, essentially to get percentages back. Everyone knows these platforms take a huge percentage, you know, from the restaurants, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as like the ticket item.
0: It's over 50 percent?
1: No, no, no. It's uh, roughly most applications are in 25 to 30 percent. Okay, We have been able to leverage our, you know, size to get percentages lower to where, you know, we can go to them and say, hey, we need better prices or we're not going to be able to be a partner with you on these apps. And, you know, I, you know, I fight you know for you know our company to you know get as much value off those platforms as possible to make it profitable and worth our time but for me those platforms are is especially for a young brand those platforms are is tremendous for awareness and marketing and that's essentially when you look at it okay you know uh, most restaurants raise their prices on those apps by 5 or 10%. then so that's how you're getting some of that percentage back and then you have to look at that other percentage as that's marketing that's your cost to acquire to the customer, and that's the delivery, the logistics that goes into it. And if there's that much demand for it, great. You know, there's now this median to be able to you know service that. But uh, at first, you know, there was a lot of uh, controversy with these apps, how much they're taking, and all these you know things to where it was kind of like a, a fight: do you do it or do you not? But we've always been for it because for us. Our biggest problem was brand obscurity and being able to kind of overcome that to where we want more people in more places to see us and to try us. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I have an opportunity to earn that lunch or dinner,
0: you know, we're going to take it no matter what that, what the platform is. You know, one thing I say with that, and I'm looking at what you're talking about now with marketing is really making a fan out of a product or service has been important to me where if someone's really rocking with you, if you can make the presentation of the delivery feel important, whether it's just packaging, I feel like these little things just touch a consumer You know these days. And then when you make them feel good in some way or form, I know it's different in every industry. I'm not gonna say there's so much loyalty in the food industry, yeah. but it comes down to the fact that if you put on that type of presentation, people are going to rock with you yeah and you're going to get sales and you're going to get repeat business if the product matches that type of facade yeah and and, um you know that's pretty cool stuff sonny I, i think you know now when it comes down to it is the direction you're seeing with the numbers now what do you want to do with this company what's your goal my goal, you know, has
1: always been: I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference in being able to. Energize, you know, communities with nutrition where we're setting up shop, make you know, providing food that's you know affordable, you know that's convenient, that's delicious, and that has variety, and those are the four pain points that I initially set out to solve when I started the meal plans. So for me, the future looks like opening up more stores throughout the state of Florida and beyond, and breaking into the southeast, and and really finding these markets that have a true need for us, you know, and that, and where we can make that impact. Because for me, it's not just about you know, oh, hey, where can the brand and be successful financially it's also about hey can we really solve a problem here can we really get down to that and where can we make that impact because for me i know that our food you know it, it not only you know do we put much more intention with the sourcing of our mm-hmm. ingredients but also how we're preparing it so where you're not getting salt sugar and fat poured into your body you know you're getting quality wholesome nutrition
0: let me ask you this am i talking to the founder of the veil chipotle i think that you're talking to
1: the next big thing absolutely i think you i think we're going to dwarf chipotle in the future and i have you know large ambitions you know to be able to you know take us to the next level and you know 100 plus stores 200 plus whatever you know we need wherever we need to be to you know not only uh, provide our our food to customers. We're going to do everything we can for the customer, and we're going to keep on innovating to meet their needs. Because we know that there's going to be a constant evolution of things they're going to ask us to do. And for me, I'm, I'm that's who my boss is. I always fight to you know I always, I always tell our team I said listen I don't pay your payrolls. Say like the customers do. They provide us with the revenue to be able to do so. I was like, so we need to give them the absolute best service we can every day and get better and better every day to win their business. So for me, I'm super excited about that. And you know, I grew up a avid fan of Chipotle. I love Chipotle. I think that what they've been able to do was a was a was was revolutionary in food, you know, to be able to streamline making quality food accessible. And I was a kid, you know, in high school going to Chipotle's and I actually have a funny video of me at 18 years old. Making my own burrito behind the line, Chipotle people in corporate probably wouldn't be too happy that their manager let a customer make their own burrito. But I have that video (laughs) for another time where, uh, you know, I've always kind of gravitated towards, you know, this Mm -hmm. thing in the back of my head, you know, hospitality and food has always been there. So for me to be able to be in the position to compete with, to compete with Chipotle is you know, is awesome, you know, to me to be able to compete with uh Chipotle and in Gainesville, Florida, we're next door to a Chipotle in Jacksonville, we're next door to them. I love so that, so to me, it I brings it that. full circle. Yeah, oh, it's full know? circle. Yeah, I'm fighting yeah. I'm, now, I'm competing with them, and you know, hopefully, we'll grow and grow and grow to a point to where we're competing with them on a, on a
0: bigger national level. God bless, man. Yeah, you know, from your from your words to God's ears, you know I wish you the most success, man, because you truly have been someone who's embodied what it takes to be successful. And you know you've inspired me. We both—I uh, remember our tr- our Twitter conversations yeah. back in 2015, and just both committing to visions and and watching them evolve. Now, I think your mentality is is grand. I think it's real. I think you're someone who's committed and you're going places and you know, if I can help in any way, or, you know, just be someone who's just knowing that is in your contact book, who has your vote. I'm here for you, man. I think that's phenomenal and I know you're going to make it happen. So Absolutely, man. One day at a time. You know, it leads me now to, we will go into more business and understanding really just what you're going to do to get there you know, when we can talk about investment and your strategy on more of a capitalistic mentality of doing good business. Do you have any thoughts of the direction you're going to go in that, with that topic? As far as like raising further capital
1: or, you know, uh, for me when it comes to, you know, future growth, you know, right now, and we are still like recalibrating from the pandemic and 2019 and getting things situated. But, um, For me, yeah, we are, you know, in the process of, you know, looking for the right type of capital. Throughout the years, you know, of seeing our growth, we've had tons of people come at us, you know, with offers for, I mean, we have over a hundred people that have requested to franchise us. Uh, You know, we have all these, you know, different things coming our way, but I haven't found the right type of capital. And that's something that I think is super important for people to understand is what is the right type of capital, you know, for a business to succeed? You know, for me at the stage that we're at, We're looking for, you know, someone that is either, you know, going to give us uh, the time to deploy the capital and create a return on the capital employed or someone who's going to bring capital and experience to help us get to the next level of scale.
0: I like that. There's a lot of options the way it's very, I mean, I would say definitely have great attorneys around you. People who know how to negotiate and really just being very calculated. Because, you know, what I've learned at this level, seeing, you know, high level business is very much chess and it's very strategic and it becomes about money at that level. Absolutely. So it's very important just to understand the difference between your dream and serving people and doing good business. Exactly. Because that's a different world in capitalism.
1: I And I've touched on that a little bit is like. You know, when I first started, it was about solving a problem and being able to, you know, really just like innovate, 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 and like be, you know, there 100% for the customer. But I realized throughout the years, in order to be there for the customer, our financials had to be there too.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you can't, you know, like there's some companies where they're just like, oh, we're just, you know, they're just burning through their cash flow or burn, you know, burning through capital raises because they're just – trying to, you know, win the customer or win market share and things like that. I think there needs to be a fine balance between there's a respect to the financial performance of the company and also innovation to where, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have a sound financial, I mean, company,
0: there's no company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't help the customer at that point. So, you know, let's, let me, real quick, actually, before I want to jump into something, a very important topic with you is what do you do for legal? where's your head at with like how you handle in situations that are coming up in the stores, how you protecting the company, which, what insurances are you working with? How, How do you, how do you view all that stuff? Yeah.
1: I mean, well, we have, you know, full coverage, general liability, you know, insurance, you know, policies, you know, protecting, you know, the company, um, We have additional ones, you know, as needed, like in South Florida, we have to Mm -hmm. have hurricane protection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, But, and as far as legal, you know, we have a law firm that, you know, we hire to represent us that essentially we use on a case to case, you know, scenario. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we haven't had uh, to use them, you know, as much, you know, so thankfully. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think it's so important to have those things, you know, in place to where if something does arise, you have a go-to resource, you know, there, uh, because there's specialization, you know, if that's where their skills are, you need to be able to have someone you trust that's giving you the sound advice and that can defend you. If a crisis does present
0: itself and you stick to what you're good at, you know, knowing your strengths. I love it. The last topic I'll say before we jump into our next discussion is I want you to quickly throw some tips out there for what you're doing in marketing. How are you viewing marketing in your company? I mean, marketing and sales are my two favorite parts of the business mm-hmm. because it's so
1: exciting. They both work with each other, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a great product, you know the marketing for that product will translate into great sales. Uh, and that marketing sales funnel is so important because if you're doing marketing on a high level... Your organic market organic marketing should naturally lead to sales, but for me, I'm always evaluating our marketing to see what new approaches can we take. Same thing. It always comes down to that innovation standpoint. What new things can we be doing to make us better and stronger? And like, so now lately, you know, we've been analyzing our social media approaches with utilizing more video and utilizing more short clips and showing people different parts of the brand that we may not have shown, like you, know, in, you know, in the past, where we've shown re- recipe videos, we've shown certain other, you know, aspects of the company where before it was just still photography, mm-hmm. right? So now, um, we're we're doing that. We're getting more heavily, you know, focused in PR. We're getting more heavily focused in just, you know, where we can kind of uh run more successful campaign management and things like that. And recently, you know, I onboarded a a marketing director, you know, for the company and kind of speaking to what I said about recruitment, we went after somebody who has not only, you know, the potential, but the credentials. And we're, you know, really excited to give that person, you know, the brand
0: and grow it, you know, quote unquote, 10X. I so, love it. I love it, man. And 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 that's what you need. You need to build a great team. Absolutely. And a team is something that is built with the following of a leader and and really seeing that leader's vision. And you being in this position, it comes with a lot of mental strength mm-hmm. and fortitude that it's like you said early on I heard you say you were you were working from 5am to midnight you were very just your, your timing of how you spent it was just focus on your visions and your dreams you've reached a lot of your goals now you're set even higher goals let's talk about mindset man let's yeah. talk about you not just the CEO and founder of this amazing company that's going places and you're going to make as much dreams and goals come true, but you as a person, what keeps you going, man? I mean, for me, you know, I'm super competitive,
1: you know? So for me, like if I'm doing anything, I want to be the best. And that's always kind of been like this mentality that I have. Maybe it goes, you know, back from just playing sports, you know, as as a kid or doing wrestling and, you know, football, you just always want to compete to win. Mm -hmm. And for me, business is the best sport, you know, that we play. And, uh, I just have never been able to fall, even when we weren't the best, you know, when we didn't have the best product or service, I was always in the mindset that, you know, we do, or we need to get there because I don't want to ever do anything if I can't be the best. So that is constantly kind of pushing me. And it has that mirror effect on myself as I'm doing, you know, things not only for the business, but for myself individually, personally, you know, whether it comes to health and fitness or when it comes to. My overall, you know, my daily routine or how I structure things. I think it's so important, you know, to have to be able to take care of yourself and push yourself past those limits because it's going to have those that similar effect into your business. You know, if your personal life is crumbling, you know, it's going to have that effect on your business. If you're, you know, you have to really kind of build yourself as this like solid foundation and, you know, kind of build that strong armor to be able to go to war every day in business and compete and fight and win because every day you know, you may wake up to different stresses that attack you. And for me, it it may be coming from all over the state. I may be getting a call from Jacksonville. Hey, this happened at this store. Mm. This may happen in Tampa. You know, so I have to, you know, really, uh, for me, exercise has been a huge part of, you know, making, I guess, me more uh, mentally, you know, tough and, you know, stronger. So I really have committed a lot of, you know, my time into, you know, health and all aspects, whether that's, you know, cardiovascularly. Uh, or sports, or even yoga, different things, and just trying new things. Same thing that I was talking about with the business, innovating and trying, you know, different approaches and techniques. I'm such a huge fan of like speed, and like doing things, because so many people get paralyzed. And, you know, we're in the new year times, yes, yes. we're in this new year time, where a lot of people are making resolutions. And, you know, they're probably making up all they're making all these ideas, but how many people are taking action? Right. And that, for me, I just rather move at speed, and that's the same approach with my business. I, I, I deploy strategy quick. And we, if the problem arises, we solve it and we move on. Same thing personally. You know, if I make a certain goal health-wise, I go at it. I try to, you know, look at it. And if I, there's a problem occurs, I, I pivot. And I keep on, you know, trying to fix it, solve it, solve it, and push myself to where those, um, you know, those areas are getting better too.
0: I think you said something there that really struck a chord where, You said something about like when the problem arises, meaning what you expected didn't happen, how you responded instead of reacted really showed, I feel like, how you're able to get to your goals because what you do is what you're saying is you don't wallow in anything. Hell no. Hell no. You don't wallow (laughs) in anything. No way. Because I figure when people do that, they just go down this path that they, they can't get that momentum you have. Okay. I'll tell you a
1: story. And I will tell you this the number one skill that I have is stress threshold and working <laughs> out has helped that because when you work at a high level of intensity, yeah. you know, like, you know, like I just ran, you know, a half marathon. Um, my goal for this year is running a full marathon, you know, in 2019, I, I, I don't yeah. think I ran 13 miles that year total. So for me to go from not running at all to like now doing this in one sittings and, and going after these goals, you know, I raised my bar of what, you know, what I want to do, but it also helped my stress threshold So there was this one day, you know, in Jacksonville, my stress threshold, you know, was really tested. Right. So um, I think it was a day where we had a small fire at a restaurant. I was building out like two stores at the same time. I was building out our Tallahassee store and our Fort Lardo store with construction, you know, kind of headaches happening there. Um, I got a phone call from my brother that my, you know, my truck got stolen. And there was like something else that, you know, I think one of our general managers quit. And all of this happened within like two hours of waking up, right? Most people would have just called it. They just said, you know what? Today is just done. Toast, right? Like there's just too much hell coming my way. Right. And at that moment, I just remember I took a, you know, big old deep breath. All right, let's get it. <sighs> you know? And then, you know, slowly but surely, you know, you just start chipping away. Yeah. You know, and I looked at that as like, you know, sometimes you're looking up this in business, especially you're looking up a fucking mountain. You know, you're looking up this mountain and you're like, how am I going to get to the top? How am I going to get through this? And I had to really kind of dig deep and say, you know what? One thing at a time, one day at a time, let's just start chipping away. Got, you know, got the fire situation handled, construction stuff handled at both stores. Started looking into, hey, what happened, (laughs) you know, with my car? And, you know, just like slowly got through the process of, you know what? By the end of the day, it wasn't, you know, the day was ruined. I got, I had everything under control, but at that moment, your stress threshold is tested. You know, and not a lot of people can handle that much pressure. And that, you know, saying, uh, you know what, hey, how much you know of a beating can you take? And then business, will test you on that.
0: You're at, you're absolutely talking my language, man, because it'll test you and it'll also chew you up and it'll spit you the fuck out. Absolutely, <laughs> it has no um, there's no emotion limit. to it. It's just a matter of you know, how to endure what you're enduring business and in personal and in life, you know, and I guess my question to you also is, you know, you talked a little bit about what you're doing. Do you have any practices that you're, that you do? Is it just reading? Is it meditation? Are you doing some type of spiritual type of stuff to keep you grounded? Honestly, a lot of
1: my fundamental approaches, you know, I, I definitely, you know, make time, you know, whether it's for a meditation or, you know, like I said, like the, these, like my longer cardiovascular activities, I, I tend to do them earlier in the morning to where it's kind of like a pseudo meditative, you know, point to where it kind of mm-hmm. gets my day going. Um, but my practices, you know, uh, fundamentally have has always been more of a stoicism you know type approach so i'm definitely big into stoicism and you know marcus aurelius and like that uh that book meditations was so impactful for stress management like really understanding yourself and controlling emotion right because most of the time you're not making the best decisions when you're in in chaos right how do you see clarity in chaos and that to me like you know the, the the health reading and kind of just giving myself also where uh, enough my time is also critical to where you know there's plenty of time throughout the day where i'm managing the gms the restaurants my team and stuff but i also carve out space and time for my brain to breathe and for me to you know calibrate and for be on schedule point. exactly mm-hmm. i make those i make time in my day in the morning in the middle of my day at the end of my day to really just give myself that time because i think there needs to be that harmony right we're always going to be working 24 7. i work seven days a week i know you do too you know, and at the end of the day, you have to f- build this harmony to where you can fit your personal life and build that personal happiness. Yeah. In you know, conjunction with what we are constantly, you know, doing every day in business.
0: So are you running on a schedule?
1: I would say now more than ever I am. However, in like uh the COVID quarantine area, I gave myself a lot of time to kind of breathe and see exactly, you know, um, I did more so, you know, what I felt good, you know, when, you know, if I, if I felt good doing something, I did it and I gave, I tested out different, you know, things routine wise, but now more than ever, yeah, I'm very much so focused on being uh, regimented and routine focused. And as a creator, you know, an entrepreneur, uh, I'm very, you know. Uh, I have a creative brain and a very structured brain and I have to keep that creative brain in check. So I, if I'm given too much time to just think, like I said, the volcano never stops. So you have to get, you add structure
0: to where you can still hit, you know, certain, uh, I'm going through, I'm going through something right now where when I'm doing my creative time, dots are just getting connected. Yes. But I'm going deep and then it's just flowing, you yes. know. I guess it's just a matter of what you said really resonated with me and I'll tell another entrepreneur hearing that right now is really separate your creative time from your structured time. That that yes. that's powerful, Sonny. Yeah. And and on that note, you know, when you said me time, what does that mean? Me time can be anything. Yeah. It could be
1: just going, you know, could be going, you know, out with, uh, you know, to the restaurant with a loved one. It could be going, you know, just for yourself, like doing something for yourself. True. You know, mm-hmm. whether you want to go and, get a massage go to the mall you know do something that's just going to allow yourself to be with you be present with you you know so uh for me i've definitely been more on you know on the health you know side of like my activities so i've tied in like social aspects of like getting together with friends doing things you know as like uh like playing sports or things outside with people that it's kind of having a dual purpose of me working out, but also giving myself some me time to relax and breathe a little bit.
0: Nice. I just have one quick question I want to throw in there: is you have like a couple of books you want to shout out that people should just look, be looking at?
1: Yeah, well, I definitely shout out meditations. My yeah, Marcus Aurelius. check that. That, out. that book is. I mean, it's a tough read, but it's it's a great read. Uh, um speaking on jay shetty uh i really liked uh think like a monk was was awesome as just like a personal kind of uh you know development you know type of book really understanding the ego and in, in the brain and how people kind of can sometimes uh be leading with their ego when they don't necessarily need to i loved uh i love capitalism by ken langone you know awesome. Di- you know, just dynamite guy yeah. you know and Uh, I just read uh, Invent and Wander by uh, Jeff Bezos. And I think it was collaborated with uh, Walter Isaacson. Uh, That was really good, you know, with understanding, you know, his approach going from literally a garage startup in in 1999 or whenever, to this massive empire today. And
0: um, And I like how you said that, you know, just for people who, you know, yeah, you can look into the audio book if you're not readers or, or pick up the book if you are, but I like how you said there's a golden nugget, though, in the book somewhere, and it doesn't have to be the whole book. So, like, you know, would you agree with that? Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, people should... Yeah. I mean, I think at the
1: end of the day, you know, you look at it and, you know, everyone has their own modes of how they digest information and knowledge and everyone should look at every avenue to where they test it out. Hey, you know what? I learned more from watching a video. I learn more from listening. I learn more right. from reading, right. you know? So, uh, for me, it just happens to be that listening has been my preferred choice because, I like to hear that connection with a narrator, you know, where if it's an author narrating the book, I feel like it's a great uh, way to really hear, you know, the passion behind
0: their story. And when do you make time? You just pick- you know, Same thing. Like I said, you, I fit, you, you I do a sh- lot
1: of this dual purpose stuff. So I'll throw cool. on a podcast. I'll throw on a, cool. a, a, an audible book when I'm on a bike ride. Okay. I'll, I'll throw, you know, so I'm doing two and things at once. And you absorbing it. and retaining. Oh, that's
0: awesome, man. And,
1: you know, so like I'll do that. And I try to like fit these like towards the, they're uh, harmoniously working together. And other than that, you know, where if, if, I'm, if I'm driving somewhere, instead of putting on music, I put it on or, you know, I just fit it into my day and my structure to where it Uh, it's happening, you know, and it feel and it's that's also can be a
0: part of that me time, you know, too. I love it, Sonny. You know, really, just a couple more things I wanted to ask you in it. Ty Lopez, I was watching his stuff on YouTube for a while. And I like what he said, the 33% rule, Mm the 33% you should be mentoring people 33% of people you should be on your level and 33% of people you should be mentored by. Now, talking about how you're moving. And how how you're living now and you know those famous quotes you know you're judged by the friends you keep you know the top 5 friends are a reflection of your life um the people who you surround yourself with who you become who, how are you moving now cuz i know entrepreneurs kind of a like a lonely path sometimes yeah. but how how are you how are you being around people on your level right now and what's your circles looking like
1: uh i would say uh, my approach has always been and like this may be just due to the nomadic aspect of how I kind of grew my businesses jumping around the state. You know, I have peer networks and friend groups all over the state of Florida and I look at it as, you know, um, I have, you know, great friends I, you know, have went to college with and, you know, beyond and, you know, we talk about, you know, certain things, but when it comes to like, you know, business and other, you know, aspects, I'm always looking to, you know, further connect with other people, like you said, that can, you know, are at a higher level than I am that I can learn from, Mm -hmm. or somebody who is pushing the envelope. I like to have people around me that are just as fired up and that are pushing the envelope that are learning and that I can look at as like, wow, like that's, really impressive like as far as like their work ethic or output and just similarities as far as like just like a life ethos you know but i don't knock any of you know if somebody has a different approach you know to me like i'm absolutely still your friend you know with how you lead but i just personally generally i love the feed-off effect of energy right energy is contagious to where like hey you see somebody in your circle is really pushing to be great that's going to have that effect on you you know in some sort of passive form or the
0: other I like that because yeah. you know I've been following you on Instagram and and I've been seeing you post with uh, you doing you know let's say five miles, three miles, ten miles, yeah, and you're videoing it and you're saying I'm sending it to you. Uh, let me show you, show me how great you are. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, and it's holding that
1: accountability effect. You know, I send that out to about forty, fifty people, and. I'm essentially saying like, you know, Hey, what, you know, you can have, you know, a very exhausting, you know, day, but still you got so much more to give. And I love inspiring others and and hearing, you know, other people, you know, you know, it's been exciting seeing what people send me back. You know, saying, you know what, that, you know, I needed to hear that today. I and that. I, I went out I there that. and I did something, you know, to kind of push myself today. And I get hyped up on, you know, feeding, you know, and hyping up other people too. You know, it kind of and it has this effect where I'm getting, you know, riled up and excited and motivated as I'm getting other people. So I have that natural innate kind of ability as like a coach, you know, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, you know, and I do that with my team, you know, on our weekly calls. Mm-hmm. I like to do that with my friends. And um, I think as life, you know, has kind of shown, you know, as you grow, and you know in business and personally yeah you'll meet more you know people and that's the best thing about life is that you meet other people who come into your circle Mm -hmm. who are challenge who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday and that's what i say
0: you know a lot is like be greater than you were yesterday uh and that that brings me back to that first thing you said when we got to mindset and i'm very curious why why is it that being the best gives you that type of fire. What is it in you that that you feel that that gives you like you want to be that To me strive for that. I mean to me like I've never been like, you know, money
1: like money has never been the pure determinant of like success to me. It's always mm-hmm. been impact. So for me I lead by that and like, you know, uh being the best, you know, kind of comes from that. You know, it's just a competitive edge, you know, kind of approach to where like it pushes you to keep on pushing towards making that impact. Yeah. So I, you know, kind of channel that as, you know, from the mindset of, you know what, if I'm working and I'm putting forth all this sacrifice energy towards anything... I might as well try to be the best and climb as high as I can to leave my dent on this world. I love that. You know, we are, we, I mean, we're on a floating rock in space for all we know, <laughs> you know, I could be in somebody's pocket for all I know, yeah, you know, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, I just, you know, it's i uh, I'm super humbled, you know, mostly to be in the opportunity that I am in at my age, of course. you know, to have what I have that it adds more fire to me. You know what? Yeah. And not everybody has this opportunity. This early on yeah. you know especially and you know, as you know it takes a lot of sacrifice but it also brings that you know i'm more humbled to keep on pushing more and mm-hmm. to send that message and show people hey man like there's no age stigma on this nope there's no age nope. stigma on this you can do this too anything is possible if you really just keep on pushing
0: you guys hear from someone who's really done it and has the results and and the credentials to um to say something that if you really wanna go and get it, you can, man. Whether you guys wanna go from a million in revenue right now to 10 million, or you're just starting out, it's all about what Sonny's saying right now, man. I appreciate those words and it's just wisdom for me and, and for the people listening. It leads me to my last two things I wanna ask you because I believe this is probably the mo- one of the most important aspects of life. And you reaching all these greatness heights where's your faith you know do you have faith and not to be religious faith i mean i meant just faith and just your what you're trying to strive for
1: yeah so like um i've always bet on myself you know and like in in regards to like business or you know in life in general you know i know that if i'm solving a problem i have I mean, to some people, it can be, you know, perceived in, you know, some other type of way. So not everyone, you know, responds to someone being ultra confident, you know, all the time. But, you know, throughout my business journey, my life journey, I've always been able to bet on myself. And I know that if I'm betting on myself, I'll take those odds any day of the week. You know, and that's part of the reason why I got into business, you know, in the first place was, you know what, I'm going to get into a restaurant. I I didn't know anything about running a restaurant. You know, I worked in restaurants growing up, but... I was just betting on myself at that point to get it done. And I did. And to this day, like I still have that approach. You know, I definitely, you know, I, I believe in God. I have my own, you know, you know, relationship, you know, with God, but I'm not, you know, the most ultra religious. I'm just definitely, you know, I'm very in tune, you know, with my awareness of myself. I'm very in tune with myself, my energy. And I'm very, you know, if I, uh, if I know that I'm slipping, I know it. You know, I can catch myself, you know, and there's been times, you know, and then you have to be aware and you have to, you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, you have to hold yourself accountable. No one is telling you, you. no no one's one's going to pick you you up. Exactly. They might be positive. No one's going to pick you up. Exactly. And you have to hold yourself to a high level of standard and degree. And for me, I've always had like a, uh, a ton of confidence in anything that I, that I do or I run after. And sometimes, you know it's worked out and sometimes it's, it, it hasn't, but for for the most part, it's worked out more times than it hasn't. And it's always been towards, you know, an approach of just like, okay, being that driving force of positivity to kind of have that almost like that
0: extra optimism tackling something that may be tough to hit, you know, or like, a tough goal. I like that Sonny. And you know, it, it reminds me because I uh, been working with an acronym right now called the ABCs and it's, Pretty much what we're talking about—it's—it's it's action, belief, communication, and soul. Having that that foundation, that belief system, and and, and that faith in, in what you're doing. But I want to ask you that my last question is: What do you do for your fulfillment, your peace inside, how you operate now at a high performance? I would say it's the the
1: feeling of fulfillment is really derived from you know, seeing things getting better. To me, I'm so addicted to progress and, you know, knowing that we were better, you know, we are better than we were yesterday or last year and just seeing that I'm addicted to that because to me, uh, this journey is so strenuous and it's so tough. You know, what brings me that peace is knowing that, you know, we're really, really, like as a business, we're solving a problem, we're making an impact. I remember I had customers come into my store and I was working, you know, the front line. I had this guy, he, he told me, he said, My doctor said, if I don't change the way I eat, I'm not going to be here long. And like that hit home to me because I'm like, you know, I feel so humbled, you know, his doctor or him, you know, brought him into my doors, you know, into my restaurant. And like that impact level, you know, I felt so fulfilled on that side, knowing like, man, like, no, it's bigger than, you know, this is bigger than business. This is bigger than, you know, ones and zeros. Like we're really helping people. And like, that's when I really feel like my best, my ultimate best is seeing that impact and like how... You know, we are a for-profit business, but we have values, mm. and like those values, really, you know, being able to help people is awesome to me. You know, a lot of people, you know, even you know our age, you know, our parents were getting, they're getting older and older, and you know, we want them eating healthier, and like seeing that, you know, diets are changing, and people are so much more in tune with their health and well-being, and the fact that we even have the opportunity to be a part of that mm-hmm. is so like it's so fulfilling to me, and like that that's what really energizes me every day. Knowing that, like, we can make an impact in that regard and just like help people, whether it's on a local level, community level, statewide level, national level, you know, we'll get to all those points. But, you know, helping, you know, the whole reason why I was doing pre med at FSU was because oh, I wanted to help, I people. help people. I yeah. wanted to help people. You know, at the end of the day, the profit and all those things will come, you know, and they're super important, but helping people is, you know, was always the, the primary objective.
0: Yeah. It it takes a, a certain type of person to look at the world like that, and I'm I'm happy to know that there's someone else in the millennial generation that has these types of, uh, has this type of mentality while they're striving for doing amazing and big business and whatnot. So, you know, it also comes down to the person, Sunny Ilias, who's making this huge impact in this world right now. He's using veil as that leverage. To let his voice and purpose be known by running this huge entity that's gonna evolve into what you're speaking about, it's also about just you being that person who's accomplished these goals and is doing this for the world and and at the same time living at that best version of himself. so yeah. my question to you you know on that fulfillment aspect still is like. You're keeping the peace inside by, it sounds like, you're you're looking at your company saying, I'm waking up every day doing what I love. My light bulb's on. I'm serving people. But on top of that, how are you just being at that happiest version of yourself, being a CEO, at the same time just being yourself? Yeah, I mean...
1: I think like happiness is a dynamic question, you know, where like, you know, we're always chasing happiness, you know, personally, business-wise and all these, you know, aspects. And it's kind of like the stock market, you know, it's you you have your ups, you have your downs, you know, throughout, you know, throughout life. And it's, you know, finding that equilibrium, right. In your life and understanding, you know, yourself fully to see, you know, what does happiness mean to you? And I found that like happiness, you know, means to me, you know, having a balance, you know, having, you know, a balanced approach to where I like I said, I have that harmony between personal life and work life, where I have time where I see my family. I have time for myself. I have time for uh work as well. And everything is working conjunction. And I find myself where I'm if, if I'm least happy, is when things get out of array. Where mm-hmm. I don't have those things working in as much harmony. You know, and there were times, you know, throughout this veil journey where I remember um it's a funny story, but I'm opening store after store after store. And I I know you saw it, you know, on social media and stuff. We're just like freaking popping these things out. And people are like coming up to me like, Oh my God, like you're killing it. You're killing it. You're doing so great and amazing businesses, stores, all these things. And I was so drained. I was so exhausted and I was worked myself to the bone, Mm -hmm. you know, and I Mm -hmm. wasn't in a healthy place. I mentally was in a place to where I was so focused on getting our customers and everything else happy and healthy. And I sacrificed myself in that process. And that was super important for me to kind of, you know, it it takes a lot to admit that, you know, we're like, you just, you find yourself in a place. You'll feel it too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I felt it. And I found myself, you know, feeling, I was like, man, I'm just like, work and myself to a bone. And, you know, like I said, I have that confidence and natural optimism, you know, coffee helps, but I I found myself in this place where, you know, I looked at, I was just, I put everything in the work department. And I had nothing in the personal world and I didn't have much in the family, in my family world. So like things were just out of array where Mm. I was just giving too much, where it was counterproductive, where I thought I was going hundred percent on my business, but I really wasn't. I was short. I was selling even my production, you know, short because I wasn't whole Mm. and uh, you know, people are coming up to me, yeah, saying, you know, hey, yeah, you're killing it, this, this. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking you're not, you're drained. Not,
0: you're not feeling it.
1: I'm not it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you have no fucking clue. I'm fucking, you know, I'm. I don't feel, you know, uh, people as don't great. see this. Exactly, don't they don't see, see the lonely. They don't see. They don't see that lonely side. They don't see the, you know, how much you know wear and tear. You know, all of the, you know, all of that growth can have. You know, growth is extremely taxing.
0: It's very taxing. <laughs> it comes with its benefit, and yes. it comes with its drawbacks but that's very interesting sonny yeah i know how you say that and how you how you had to endure that and and that's the realness that i wanted to really talk with you about was you know there's so much more detail i'd love to ask you about the business and you know what i want to do is come back to this segment about six months from now and see the growth of your business see the growth of where we're at as a vision of how we're trying to help entrepreneurs and we're really just going to show growth now because What this, to me, was about was just running a high-performance business mentality that if we can help you at a startup level or at a level that you want to take it from a million to 10 and 10 to 50, what it's going to take. And you hit a lot of points in this conversation that we're going to have to segment so people can actually understand. But you running this business, man, it's been... um, Quite the journey for yourself, absolutely. But you love it. I could tell oh, yeah, you love it. yeah, I love it.
1: it. I'm passionate about it. I wake up every day and I thank God. You know, I have. I can wake up every day and do what I love every day.
0: As simple as that. It's as man. simple as that. So I guess to end it off, I want to say, do you have any tips to entrepreneurs? Who are just want to find their level of success and run their business. You have anything you want to say to these people? Uh, biggest thing that I can say is you know don't underestimate how much work goes
1: into it. Understand that sacrifices you know need to be made. You know to bring something from an idea to a creation. Uh, don't let you know financial you know setbacks you know uh, deter you from you know pursuing what you want to do. And you know if you really have a strong know belief in what you're doing you know you can you can you know make it happen Mm -hmm. but you know ambitions is something that you have to keep in check you know when i first opened i couldn't afford to open up a restaurant you know i had to work three years to be able to get to the point to where i could you know so understand that you know there's a certain level of respect to the grind that you have to really have before you feel like you can go all in because if you are 50 50 on it don't do it you're going to lose a lot of money you got to be an all-in mentality You know, if you're going to really, you know, do it uh, and succeed at it because you have to really, you know, and I think you have to have that passion to sustain you through those ups and downs to where, you know what, you can get to the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, so that drink a lot of coffee, (laughs) hydrate, get your sleep. You know, sleep is something I'm huge on today. Back then I wasn't able to get, I was getting five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, and I hate myself for that because sleep is so critical. You know, you want to be 100% charged for the day. So get, you
0: know, make sure you're giving your body, your health, everything you need to succeed. And if somebody trips and if somebody falls, somebody stumbles, somebody has a major setback or, or something that doesn't go that they plan, what, what would you say to them?
1: I would, t- I would tell them to be solution-driven. You know, be solution driven. Don't be problem focused and you know, obsessed. Where like you're just fixating on the negative. You know, fixate on okay, hey, how can I get through this? You know, what happened? How can I, you know, rebuild what was not working? How can you know, you know, because if you move at a if you move at a certain speed in that approach, you're gonna really find yourself creating solutions and testing out new ways to where you can avoid those pitfalls. Because I think, you know, those setbacks are a part of the journey. Every company has setbacks, no matter what company you have. And you have to embrace that as learning opportunities and really, really, you know, you know, take that as, you know, the prime, you know, determinants of, hey, where you need to be steering your business. You know, don't look at it as like, oh, I need to call it, you know, this is it. it, can't work. I mean, granted, if it's a, you know, if there's a huge problem, you should definitely make sure you're really in tune with what you're doing and that it does make sense. But uh, trust your gut, know what you're doing and be solution focused.
0: And what I want to add to that is what Sonny said right there, just hit a chord with me again, was you could tell by that answer that he's not wallowing in anything. He's not crying about anything. Anytime I asked him about a challenge, he hit it right with a solution mentality to just make sure as you grow your business and you hit these obstacles that you take this approach. So thanks a lot for that advice, Sonny. I would say my quote of the day would be, today I'll do what others won't so tomorrow I can do what others can't. Not that all I am right. better or want to do better than somebody. It was just because I did do that for that reason. That's why. Awesome. And and that's what it takes. A- action is great, but effective execution is is better because you're going to have to actually get it done, get get the job done. You know, the dreams and the ideas and, and even the machines that you put in place. It's amazing. But when that dollar sign and all those expenses get subtracted and then you see the result, that's the result and one question i want to ask you sonny about profitability running a high performance business is ebitda mm-hmm. what are you looking at in your business industry what's a good ebitda i mean for us it's typically been
1: you know 10 to 15% you know it's a smaller in the restaurant space we have certain divisions of the company that are you know contributing large amount larger amounts of profit mm-hmm. like catering uh, but you know typically in restaurants there's a ton of expenses that goes in you know into it mm-hmm. they can be you know our our top line revenue can be stronger to make that percentage you know larger of course but uh I would say uh best you know best case run you know scenario with the restaurants is anywhere from ten to fifteen ten to twenty percent you know bottom line eBITDA and would you say right now you're considered a seven figure or eight figure business uh so- Uh, I would say a seven, uh, seven figure business right now, you know, right now, you know, especially with 2020 taking, you know, taking a hit, Mm. uh, we hope that, you know, we're going to be, you know, growing into that eight figure, you know, Mm. business mark in, uh, 2021 or beyond. Uh, and you know, my goal is to open up more stores, you know, get more stores going and, you know, be focused on growth, but the right type of growth and strategic growth, that's
0: going to be productive for the brand. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to throw everything into the universe on this show. So if there's somebody out there that saw what saw something they liked in this show, saw something with Sonny's company, we're going to put something out there that you can reach out to us and you can talk to us more detail because he is doing amazing things. I think that if there is an opportunity, I would love to invest into the company because of how much growth I can already foresee. But more importantly, man, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for Thanks, all your man. wisdom, yeah. man, and, and everything you're telling us and, and just your journey.
1: Absolutely, man. It's been great, you know, being a part of it and uh, can't wait to get on here again soon. I love it, man.
0: I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this first episode of Millionaire Voices. It was an amazing first episode with my boy Sonny Ilias from, from Vail Food Co. Make sure to check out Vail, the healthy fast food chain in Tallahassee. Canesville, Orlando, Jacksonville, and more. Check out his IG at Vale Food Co. He has amazing food and amazing progress, and I'm looking forward to seeing your progress. Make sure to leave a five-star review because it helps us grow, scale, and build a high performance organization.